Hey guys, and welcome back to the Just Hoops podcast. I'm Jacob, my brother's Josh, and we talk about basketball. So uh, today is April 19th. Uh, we're currently halfway through game twos for the NBA playoffs. We have some series tied 1-1 like the Phoenix Suns and LA Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. And then we got some series people got up 0-2, defend at home court. Um, but at the end of the day, this has been really fun basketball. We're going to just dive into a little bit across the association just to see what we think, see what's going on, and uh, see if we could help you guys out in terms of seeing what we see. Uh, but before we do that, Josh, how we doing? Extremely tired. Um that Suns game ended at 1 a.m. last night. It is currently 7.20 in the morning. Been sitting here finagling with technology for the past 20 minutes. Ooh. But I'm ready. Ready to talk basketball. It was a very fun night for me um, to watch, finally, the Suns play Phoenix Suns basketball. And, yeah, been fun playoffs so far. So, first series I want to talk about is actually the game you were at last weekend with uh, Game 1 of the Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I just think in two games a lot happened, and I just wanted to see what you thought, and then let's talk about that one first. Um, in the first game, I felt like the the Nets came out pretty hot. Um kind of punched the not so much punched the Sixers in the face but like kind of startled the Sixers got them back on their heels I don't think the Sixers are ready for a young feisty Nets team to come out uh but their rotations were too slow the Nets that is um they couldn't find any offense uh outside of Bridges and Cam Johnson and I they just struggled um forcing it too much one-on-one, not moving the ball. Uh, it got all stagnant, and then the Sixers kind of took over. The Sixers shot really well from three in the in game one, um, which was bit mainly because of bad rotations from the Nets, not getting back in transition, leaving their man for open corner threes. Um, and in both games, not only game one, but also game two, uh, guys like P.J. Tucker and – uh, Tobias Harris really killed them on the glass, uh, offensive glass. That is, um, they really kind of just somehow got past their guys and got offensive rebounds time and time again. And then um, one thing that I like the Nets, what the Nets did in game two was that small ball lineup. I felt like that really, like, uh, Dodo really handled his own with Embiid. They sent doubles at random times kept Joel Embiid guessing and I felt like that gave the Sixers a lot of problems so see what what Jacques Vaughn could build off of that going back to their home court um it's gonna be interesting to see uh as an adjustment and see how Doc Rivers combats that so for me I think that Brooklyn has given them almost everything that they can handle uh the energy the effort i love the small ball lineup from game two 
they did a tremendous job in game two at limiting, especially in the first half, at just limiting the amount of good looks that Philly was getting. Uh, Maxi was finding his way off the ball, which is his job. Um, Joel was very slowed down, uh, hardened all game, couldn't get anything going. Uh, it was just kind of a defensive masterclass from them. But then in the second half, Philly started getting out in transition a little bit more. Uh, Joel Embiid started being able to take over a little bit more. Um, he only shot 11 times in game two, but he had 19 rebounds and seven assists while on the floor. Like he still dominated in his own way, even with having the size advantage. Um, from Philly's standpoint, I think they need to keep doing what they're doing and keep taking what the defense is giving because the traps are going to come. You have to send bodies at Joel Embiid, especially with how small Brooklyn is. Uh, regardless if they go the small ball lineup or a bigger lineup, like there's no way that they're not sending two at Joel Embiid. So it's going to be patient off the ball, read where the openings are, cut a little bit probably, but they have been doing a great job at moving that ball around, zipping it, attacking rotations, taking advantage of all that. Um, but moving forward, I think Jock Vaughn has a big challenge with what he's going to do starting-wise and what he's going to do full-game-wise. Like, Royce O'Neal played 35 minutes and Nick Claxton played 20. Um, I think that – I think Claxton has done a solid job. Um, but it's like, it's tough because he can't guard him one-on-one and he's not the most switchable cat against Maxi Harden. Like you're putting him on an Island against two of the, like Maxi's one of the quickest guys in the league. And then Harden's James Harden, uh, game one, he showed that he's still here. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I liked how they were a lot more sticky with Mikel on Harden to slow him down not much switching off but uh yeah going forward it's going to be a tough adjustment just to figure out that and I think one excuse me one simple way that they could get themselves back into a game is just rebounding they got thomped on the glass both games if they're able to limit especially second chance points like in game two um Philly had 13 offensive rebounds, 40 and 56 total rebounds, while Brooklyn only had five offensive rebounds and 33 total rebounds. Like the glass could definitely help them a long way, just limiting Philly's possessions. Um, but I think that they're kind of in a being down 2 0. I think that this is as good as the series could have gone for them this far. Offensively, get Mikel more space. Uh, he, I know that Cam Johnson had a great second game, um, scoring 28 points on nearly 60% shooting, but Mikel is a star in this league. He showed it in game one. He had 21, 5, and 7 in game two, but I think that his touches just need to increase. It's like Kevin Durant for the Suns. You need to get him a lot more looks more often. Um, he should be having the highest volume overall for the nets and i think the more space you can provide them some switches just get them in spots to go work um the thing i feel like they're doing too much of is like they're getting them the ball on the perimeter i think that 
it'll help more like going off those pin downs again, like getting him the ball around the elbow where he, where he yeah. likes instead of him coming off a high ball screen. Um, Do you think that that's him or the actions or Philly's defense? Because I think that that's actually more Philly's defense pushing them out rather no, than like game one, majority of the time, they just kind of passed him the ball in the perimeter and he just went to work that way. Yeah. They weren't going back to those pin downs that they wore in the regular season to get them the ball. Um, off curls, just catch and shoot, easy jumpers. Um, and I felt like I love Dor- or I love um Spencer Dinwiddie, but I felt like he kind of. It was interesting. Over. It was very interesting game too that they went to him in, like. We're gonna find you a mismatch. I was like, this is a little, a little weird, but hey. I don't. I feel like he should be more of the facilitator right now. Um, when he's with like a bench lineup, maybe go try to find your shot, but a little bit. But um, it's difficult to do in the playoffs when you're cold. That's like, he's a really good facilitator right now. And if you get an easy layup, go take it. If you get an easy wide open mid range jump shot, take that. But not forcing step back threes early in the shot clock. That's a, I felt like that kind of take took away a lot from the Nets in the first game. It took a lot of momentum away. They started a little comeback, and then he started taking step back threes and took a lot away from them. But I feel like they should get Mikel more off of interior actions instead of just – now it could be Philly's defense. It could just be an adjustment from Jacques Vaughn to not – like put the ball in danger of turning it over, but I really don't even think turnovers have hurt them that much. Like I, like, that's it's, been what... off, it's been the offensive glass. That's like, that's like they're giving them too many open or second chance opportunities. And a lot of their open threes are coming off of those offensive rebounds, offensive rebounding and just being bad in rotation. Like it's two things that just take effort. So it's like, how much of an adjustment can you really have? That's the hard part about that series. But um, I think do you got any more points or you want to move on? No, we can move on to the next one. So next, I think we're going to stay out east and talk about the split series between the Knicks and Cavs. Uh, honestly, been awesome so far. Two games, haven't disappointed. Uh, game one was just a battle between Brunson and Mitchell going back and forth. And then game two was a master class of defense by the Cavaliers. Uh. They held the Knicks to 90 points on 36.7% shooting, 24.1% from beyond the arc, forced 17 turnovers, and then won the glass 43-36. to 36. Um, They had a defensive rating in Game 2 of 99.2. Uh, they dominated Um it was a fun watch, specifically with how they went at Brunson. Um, the way that they f- threw bodies at him. They like genuinely hard blitzed no matter who it was in the ball screen. I think that they were actually a little less aggressive with it being an inverted action, like trying to get that switch. Like they quick show, recover, just don't let the guy behind it get open. Um, so it was interesting to see how they were sending size at him uh chetty was picking him up full court uh lavert did a good job on him for stretches they kept the same like matchups from game one but the pressure that they apply him brought 
applied in ball screens did an awesome job at limiting him um in terms of numbers for brunson 20 points on five of 17 from the field so 29 percent one of eight from three um five rebounds six assists four steals like he had a really good all-around game but then he was just completely taken out of his rhythm uh you can say the same for julius randall um evan mobley and the other bigs for the Cavs have done good on Julius Randle. Game one didn't really get the touches. Game two, he took 20 shots, uh, eight of 20, three of seven from three. Um, and he had six turnovers with the aggressiveness that uh, the Cavs have applied. But what have you seen in this series? Uh, I felt like game one, the Cavs let the, the Knicks control the pace, especially Brunson. Uh, they let him do whatever he wanted, uh, and he just controlled the game basically for the Knicks, which gave them the upper hand ultimately in the end of that game. Um, and then they came out game two, like you said, really aggressive, blitz and ball screens. Um, they dictated the pace in game two, and it shows in the in final score. They're up 23 most of the fourth quarter. So, um, it was like you said, it was a defensive massacre, uh, but. Throughout the series, the physicality um, you saw in that whole game, too, like people get knocked to the ground. Uh, Josh Hart came up with a bloody mouth at one point. That last little bit with um, Julius Randle kind of getting hurt a little bit. Uh, he should be fine, but um, it's been a really physical series, really fun series. I feel like that favors both teams, though. I think both teams like being physical. Um so I think that this series really is going to go – it's going to go seven, in my opinion. Um, the Knicks have to counter, though. They have to counter what the Cavs are doing on the defensive end. they got to find a way to get that get that offense flowing again. Um, and that starts with Brunson and off-ball movement. I think that Brunson, if they're going to blitz ball screens, uh, short roll, I think Hartenstein's really good in the, sh in the short um, – and I think that he's going to be a big key for them going forward, uh, finding shooters, getting to the end of the rim, um, finishing through contact. It's going to be – I feel like he's more valuable in that short role than Mitchell Robinson. I don't really like the ball in Mitchell Robinson's hand to play make. On this same train of thought, do you think small ball would be a good move? I know Tibbs. I don't uh, think probably Tibbs not, Probably not. Just because twin tower look. But then you could space them more. You'll never have space Allen more, on the porch. But then defensive, defensive end, you got a gang rebound. You could, they could think about it like this, though. Your small balls, Obi Toppin and Julius Randle. Like, you still got big bodies that are going to Yeah, but then you still, have, you still have Brunson and Josh Hart's not the tallest guy in the world. I know he plays his butt off. but He rebounds like a big, like... I don't know. It's just a thought because I thought about that in game one with how they were distorting the help side. Um, game two, the pressure just kind of took them like for a loop. Uh, so I was wondering like last night watching the game, like what if they did go small ball? What if they tried to get this pace a little bit quicker? Like that's when they were successful during the year. They had a top five offense like and it was due to them being able to get out, run, score in those first eight seconds. So. I think that the only way that they could do that against the Cavs is with a small ball group that you can switch a ton. 
then you could be able to get up into the ball, be physical, because even at the end of the day, like Jalen Brunson's going to be physical at the point. You're going to have Josh Hart and let's say like Quentin Grimes or RJ. And then all three of those guys are going to guard. Um, Then the big side of things, Obi and Julius Randle will be able to switch four and five and still be able to get out and run, push the pace, play on the break. Like, I don't know, just a thought. I just yeah no I I I if they get punched in the mouth again came three I think they will that probably will be an adjustment um I think another adjustment could be not using an on ball screen um maybe screening off ball more and then Brunson can go one on one attacking his defender if they send a double I say you put him on the left side because he likes to go right um and then probably Julius Randle over on like right wing right slot. Um, so if they send a double that way or heavy help, you got a kick out to Julius Randle and he can go, um, and attack that rotation. Uh, I'd rather that than somebody like RJ Barrett taking it one-on-one. Uh, I feel like RJ could kind of, should probably just like kind of sit out there, try to catch open threes. Um, I think another thing would be inverted touches. If you're moving them off the ball, make them a post threat. Yeah. Because I know, like, if you could end up, like, having a having a Darius Garland guy, like, Darius has been guarding uh, Grimes. So, if you have Grimes set across screen. Get that switch, yeah. That's what, and that's a lot harder than on the ball when you can just show and get back. Um, off the ball, you can get caught up. And even if you do get caught up on a cross screen, you're giving up a layup. Um and with how their defense works and they shrink in with their bigs, there might be an opening on the outside too. So, Yeah, it's going to be fun though to see how the Knicks offense combats that physical high-pressure defense uh, in game three, game four. Try to keep this at least 2-2, if not take it 3-1. Um, but these are two big games for New York. It's going to be a big home court advantage for them. Um, hey, Cavs have showed out. It's they have, I don't think they stole they stole whole court, home court. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like home court wise, uh, they, every they home court's been really good. Every home court makes it. I mean, there's one that's above and beyond. But every we're going to talk about them next. <laughs> uh, any last points though with this one? Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun next, especially just these next two games, just to see the chess match between Tibbs and Be- Bickerstaff. Um, JB man, this guy's gonna be a stud, like longtime star as a head coach. Uh yeah, see, see what they both do though. Uh see if he throws anything else at them defensively and see what Tibbs could throw at them offensively. All right. You ready to light the beam? I'm I'm born ready. That's my favorite <laughs> so far. So we got... okay. Can I go on a rant. Wait one sec. I'm gonna tee off. Uh 2-0 lead for the Sacramento Kings over the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they've honestly found a way to dominate the game their way, uh, make it chaotic, and in a way that the the dubs just don't like it. They're getting out of what they want to do, but uh, rant. If this happened two years ago, I'd be happy, right? Why do you, why do you suspend Draymond Green for a game? Yeah, I, know that I, I a, saw it's that. Not, it's not a basketball play. It's that's but it's not. Demonis grabbed his foot. He did, 
in protection. You could tell it was in protection. It was pretty bad. <laughs> it's still like it's so such a why, weird. Why do you why do you suspend them in this big of a game though? Like it's a must win for the Warriors. The TV ratings for the NBA it would be out of con- like it would they would it would probably be one of the biggest of the playoffs so far. Being back in uh back at home for Golden State. Uh, could try to tie it up 2-2. The series would go seven. Um, now it's going to be a lot harder for the Warriors to weather the storm without their anchor. Um, they kind of unraveled a little bit once Draymond got kicked out. Uh, they made a little bit of a run. Clay started knocking down some threes, but they weren't the same team without Draymond. And I feel like you can't you can't suspend them in that situation. Um, fine them. Yeah. Hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. <laughs> Find him a hefty paycheck. Like that, like you can't suspend him. Like that's that's the that just made me mad when I saw that. I was like, dang, I was all excited for that game. Now I feel like they're gonna lose and go down oh three. I don't know. They're gonna get it's gonna be a good game still, but I feel like dubs always have a great home court. Like I think that this might end up being like team without Draymond. All right. Hear me out though. Like you plug in Gary Payton and you're able to match up better in my opinion with it's not defense it's not defense though offense you can figure it out like i think that their issue's been just bad shooting like they've been kind of taken out of a flow like you can't shoot 32.25% over two games from beyond the arc and be successful for the warriors like you're taking 40 plus threes a game i don't think that they were ready for I give give all go give all credit to the Kings for yes. their, they've been working their butts off defensively. Defensively, they've had a one eleven point five defensive rating over two games. If you go to the regular season, that's one or top three. Yeah, that's like they're they've been working their butts off defensively, especially um, De'Aaron Fox on whenever he's guarding a. Uh, and and Davion Mitchell, whenever they're guarding uh, Steph, it's... I love the effort from Herder and Monk. They oh, yeah. are running they're, around yeah. like they're yeah. trying to make plays. Like nobody's <sighs> nobody is like everybody sees this team and sees a ton of guys that are weak links defensively. Like because of how they're perceived and their numbers. This is what mm-hmm. I said going into the series. They're a lot better defense than given credit. Than given credit. Um. You could tell. You could tell. Mike Brown just said, "Muck it up on defense," because they're gonna. Turn they the have ball to. They have. They're gonna to. turn the ball over. They're gonna knock down tough shots, but they're gonna turn the ball over too. So. <laughs> um. I think going forward in the series, the Dubs just need to free their guys up. Like, the way that Sacramento's mucking this up right now, like to use your words, like they're literally making one of the greatest shooting teams that we've seen in our lives, even like in terms of the history of the NBA shooting 32% from three, like, yes, Sacramento isn't shooting it great either, but they're just making this controlled chaos environment for them that, uh, they're getting up and down. They're playing with pace. Demonis in the middle of the floor is a freaking genius. Uh, Fox has looked incredible. Um, they're getting guys across the board. I think Alex Len might be the most impactful player in the playoffs so far off the bench, like for anyone. Um, like he played eight minutes in game two and was a plus seven in eight minutes. Like, how do you do that? 
like how how do you come in and immediately like impact in that way? Uh, he's just been working. Like rim protector, rebounder, like, and then lob threat. Like he's just he's playing his role. He's not going outside. So, of it. The wild part too. He didn't play during the year. He did not mm-hmm. get run. Um, mm-hmm. so it's cool to see. Uh, honestly, just to see a new face playing at this high of a level for the Warriors. I think Gary Payton's been great. I think that like for a team that is worried a lot about their bench production, I think he's been phenomenal for them. Uh, Moses Moody in game two in eight minutes. I thought he had good run. Um, I think without Draymond, you either start Dante because he started a lot of the year or you start Gary Payton and you just let it ride. Uh, I think that they have what it takes. They got the squad. I think Wiggins is definitely still trying to find his flow. Yeah, he just had 22 points on pretty efficient shooting, but it's more of like the two-way thing. Um, I don't know. I think that they'll be fine, and I do see this going six or seven. Like, I, I'd be surprised if it didn't go the distance. Just because it has been a battle. It has been a battle, and there's chippiness. Like, there's like a level to this that this is going a distance. Like it's not, there's no way that this, this is a sweep, this kind of series or even five. Like it's, it's just the level of play. And I think that the Warriors also have the championship equity to win two games without even like really like putting themselves in a spot to win two games. They can just will out two of them. In my opinion, maybe I'm stretching it too much. Maybe they're not the same team, but like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond's missing a game, but like those four guys just won a championship. That like this whole team was together last year, essentially, except three guys. Like it's gonna be a lot tougher though, this next game. It's gonna be a tough game, but it's a must win. It's gonna be well, exciting to see what they come out and do, but it's a must win for them. I don't know. Like that's it's it's tough. Um, I don't feel like Draymond should have got suspended there, but you got to roll know. with the punches. You do. Um, you do. They've been through. They've been through it before. Exactly. The finals. So. <laughs> so the last one. We're gonna briefly talk about Boston Atlanta quick. Actually, uh. Or not. Boston, way to go, way to defend home court and actually dominate um both ends. Uh, I, thought, I actually I thought we were in. gonna get. I thought we were gonna get a good game yesterday. I saw the score. I saw Did Atlanta was up. Atlanta early. started hot. There was I was like, okay, we got we got a game. We got a game going. And then I was I wasn't I didn't watch because I was at open gym. But then I left open gym and saw that Boston was up a lot. So. <laughs> That's what they've, they're they're clicking. Uh, Missoula ball in full effect. Uh, they had five guys in double digits last night. Um, an offensive rating of one twenty point eight. Uh, it they're they're clicking, and then defensively they're stout too. Like they just know what they're doing. Uh, but to go to the big show, I think that I'm gonna be honest. I think that this is the most intriguing series. Uh, the Clippers versus Suns. Um, last night we had game two, um, the Suns found a way 
to win this series. Josh is telling me, hold up, but he's eating. I don't know. Uh, but I know you sun, didn't watch the game. You want me to talk about it? I uh, I watched when I got back. Where I was up till two. Yeah, I zoomed through it. I watched the second half. Let me be more specific. Um, okay, so you watched the good part. You watched from the Suns played Suns basketball. They did. They looked really good in the second half. Uh, they got up twenty. Like they they sealed. Like not twenty, but they they won the game handedly because of their play. I think that. I'll let you talk more because you saw the whole game and you, you're more invested. <laughs> I don't know what Suns basketball looks like. <laughs> Just go for it. Go for it. Okay. So, well, <laughs> game one and game two were the exact same way in the first half. Um, the Clippers got the Suns out of what they wanted to do. They were really physical with them. Game two, especially the Suns were – really tight, especially Devin Booker, KD. Like, they were, like, like it felt like a must-win game. They were really, like, kind of second-guessing, overthinking what they were doing. Um, but shout-out to the, the Clippers are – they're hooping. Uh, Kawhi is at peak form. Um, I mean, you could argue he's the best player in this series right now, performance-wise. Uh Offensively, it's they're, not they're interesting. You could argue KD. I uh, it's not argued. You could argue KD. Um, but you could argue DeAndre Ayton. Shut up. Watch out. I'm chilling. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> you could argue Russell Westbrook. <laughs> um, but uh, no, yeah, him and. Kawhi and Russ have been really good. I think it's I thought it was pretty interesting that they were starting the games uh not with Kawhi on Kevin Durant or Devin Booker. They had Kawhi off ball. Um yeah. Ty Lue has done this throughout most of his career with the Clippers. Uh except must win situations where like if you look at the Dallas series when Kawhi was like in monster mode, he didn't guard Ka- or didn't guard Luca until the second halves, and then when it became must win, um, he guarded him from the jump, like he guarded him for forty eight. Uh, so it's something that Ty Lu does. Uh, I think it's it's good for Kawhi because it lets him kind of rest and not have mm-hmm. the uh, that insane matchup from the jump, especially like when you got up one zero and you could. You don't have to worry about him having to guard some like guard a Kevin Durant or Devin Booker for forty eight. That's just that's feel, what I'm saying. Like I think it's a smart. I feel move. like I feel like they don't have to worry as much either because of how good of a job Russell Westbrook's done on both of them, um, especially KD. And then you have somebody like um, Batum that could guard uh, Booker and has done a solid job, but. Um, I felt their their defense just takes took the Suns out of everything, uh, first half. Like Suns couldn't couldn't get any good looks. They were all tight. Um, but then second quarter, they switched up their defense. They started blitzing ball screens. They started doubling Kawhi whenever they had the chance off of a non shooter. Um, either Zubac or off of Westbrook. Um, then the off ball rotations were very very good. 
um, taking elite away zone up jobs. Elite mm-hmm. zone up jobs. They were taking away those cuts from Russ when they would leave the double, um, and then great rotations to get get onto shooters. I mean, they did let Eric Gordon get off some uncontested ones. I don't. All right, this is gonna be more of a Clipper thing. I don't think he needs to play as much. He played 32 minutes last night. And the Suns are leaving him wide open. That's the thing. That's what I mean. Like, you can't have him on the floor like that. If he's not shooting, like, yes, he took nine threes, shot 44% from three. Like, that's a phenomenal night. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's playing solid defense. I mean, he's the guy that Terrence they want to attack. Terrence Mann, but. though. I think Terrence Mann's been like, the, Der, Terrence Mann and Norm Powell. Both of those guys have played so much better than Eric Gordon. Like, I don't want to be like that Norman for them. Ooh, I, I like what he's doing in terms I'd rather of like Norman, being a threat. As a, like, Suns, as a Suns fan, I'd rather Norman Powell on the floor than Eric Gordon. Are you saying that from a shooting standpoint? Because, like, Eric Gordon I think you could yeah, up, you like, could have leave, a 7 or 8-3 eight, eight, night. That's, you could leave – Norman Powell more than you could leave Eric Gordon because okay. Norman Powell hasn't been shooting well from three. He's been more at the rim, mid range. Yeah, uh, I'm just saying from like watching eye test, like I think that Terrence Mann and Norm Powell have been like more impactful when I watch them. I'm like, oh dang, like they're in the game, like they're doing something than Eric Gordon. Like I don't like feel like I even like other than him getting off these open ones. That's all that. Yeah. Saying. Yeah, um, I feel like Terrence Mann should definitely get more minutes. I mean, Batum plays maybe, what, 20 minutes a game, 15, 20 minutes, and then Terrence Mann comes in and takes that spot. Um, I like like that's that's best for the Clippers. He's extremely impactful on both ends of the floor, uh, extremely smart player. But um, as far as the Suns' offense in the second half, they started – I know it was beautiful. Yes, it was very beautiful. Um, they started the third quarter defense, the offense. Booker with that big steal, um, off Zubak, get that big dunk, momentum shift, um, and it kind of never looked back from there. Uh, Clippers kept making small runs to get it to three or four points, and then the Suns would attack them. Shout out Tory Craig for knocking down like six three five threes yesterday. Um, he went five or eight, I believe five or eight, five or nine. Um, but third quarter, they started – Devin Booker controlled the ball most of the time, was the point guard. Uh, that was a shift. They went a lot of high ball screens attacking the drop on Zubak. So expect the Clippers to make an adjustment to either blitz or not play Zubak as much and go small ball. I think that they're going to go small. Yeah. I Because uh, Witch McCullough got eight up two in drops, uh, Plumley. Mm-hmm. So it was like even like Plumlee, they're more switchable with with him on the floor, but they didn't. The Suns did an immaculate job at creating downhill angles for Kevin Durant, CP, and Devin Booker in the second half specifically. Um, and then they did a great job at positioning the other guy at that na- next pass spot. So mm-hmm. it's like Devin Booker ate last night. He had thirty eight points because he was able to legitimately catch and go and play against rotations because of Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant coming his, off of a ball screen. Yes, there were there a lot was, of his points were in the third quarter coming off those ball screens. Not that many. I literally went through his specifically after watching. He had I think out of all of his attempts, 
he had five directly out of a ball screen by himself, five makes out of his 14. A lot of it was playing off of guys and playing on the break. So it was like him being that threat where you can't like, what are you about to do? You can't help off of him. Torrey Craig went five for eight. So how much could you actually help off of him? Their best lineup last night, I think, had Okogian in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, so And he went one of two, like small sample. But like you can definitely, like for the Clippers, you could probably help off him a little bit more than Craig because he shot it really well in two games. Um, Devin Booker's masterclass off the ball, though. Like his movement, he was patient against the closeout. He got into space. The guy trailing him for the rear view. The Clippers did a great job in both games, I think, in terms of rear view contests and just staying connected to a play. But Booker took advantage of that, putting guys in jail on a closeout. Like that level of patience and attention to detail is not seen often. And then he's able to capitalize on it. He's one of the best second level scorers. He could score it from beyond the beyond the arc. He had that tough buzzer beater to end the first half in an ISO. Like it's a different situation, but like. Not many people can make that bucket. Uh, he had that one off the ball screen. Zubox stepped up a little bit going left. He knocked it down over him. Like He could create his own shot. He can play out of the pick and roll. He had nine assists last night showing he can play make for others. Like Devin Booker did everything correct last night and at the highest level in terms of playing off Kevin Durant and making others better when he's the primary guy that – I think that type of play definitely sets them up for success in this series and beyond. And he's playing some of the best defense in his career. Um, what did he have? Another three steals last night. Backs. Uh, only one steal, but it's only more one? than. Oh, they took they took two away. It's Just more than Foster. It's it's a lot more than the numbers though. Like that game one, yeah, he had seven stocks, but it was. He he's in his stance. He's active. He's pressuring the ball like he's a he's honestly like I think he looks like their best defender like in two games. Mm-hmm. I do I don't like okay. you're playing Tory Craig. You're playing Josh Kogi, who have been all year. But it's like Devin Booker looks like the best defender on the floor right now. He's he's doing a great job of stepping like he's he's not over pressuring because he knows he can't stay in front if he over pressures. Um, but then he's getting back and he's getting staying in front and chesting up. Like he's not he's not using his hands. He usually uses hands on defense and gets a ton of fouls, which then he gets less aggressive because he's in foul trouble. Um, but he's keeping his hands up. Uh, there was one play in the second half. Russell Westbrook took it downhill. He stood straight up. He missed the layup. Got out. Phoenix fast break. Um, but he's he's been doing a great job at not swiping down, keeping his hands straight, going vertical on contests. He's been the main pri- he's been the main guy on Russell Westbrook most late game situations at least. Um, I can't remember exactly who he started on, um, both games. But um, I think he was matched. No, KD was matched with Russ to start the game. Yeah, then Tory with. But they're switching. Like they're, they're they are switching. They a were lot. more generous with switches last night with between those three at least. KD CP was Corey. even put on. CP was on him. He did a great. CP did a great job on him. Like CP's been lot. doing solid defensively. He's been just being savvy because he knows he he's old. He can't. There was can't one play where CP was fronting, 
and you just see Kawhi like swim him and he bounced. Like I don't remember what quarter it was in because I went through all the Kawhi clips and he just like he threw CP. Like he didn't even mean mm-hmm. like it wasn't even I was like, dang, man, uh, that's CP, a tough CP's switch. Been flopping. That's a tough switch. Like CP's been trying, but then they have that backside help. Like they have that oh, big yeah. coming back to double. Like they they've been really good with that. Um I mean, you can't play Kawhi and KD straight up like the. I'm, the I'm surprised you guys did from the jump. That's I did. That's what. That's why they went down 13. That's why the Suns went down 13. And uh, well, that's what you did in all of Game One, and he had 38. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's the reason. He still that had 30. One, you know, he still had 30, but was a lot tougher. Like <clears throat> it just seemed tougher. I guess because he still had uh, it was over 50 yeah 55 percent from the field 60 from three like every shot was a lot harder for him rather than playing one-on-one all game yeah. one uh yeah no they got to they, they got it sons have to keep doing that um I'm just one thing I didn't they didn't go small ball which I was really surprised especially because um the Clippers right no the Suns because that small ball lineup was really good in game one. That was good in game one. But then that's what we were talking right before the game or earlier yesterday. We were like, I think that the small ball lineup's gonna be the like the thing that gets them going. They had they had the chance to do it too. Uh Aiton got in foul trouble early in the third quarter. Biombo, baby. Biombo had a really good game. He did. He finally did. He caught he caused a lot of issues for the Clippers. Five rebounds, three block shots, six points. Zero plus he minus, didn't, though. Second half, he didn't turn the ball over. I was waiting. He only had he one said, turnover. He only had one. All game. I don't, I don't remember it. Oh, yeah, that stupid overhead. But he got, he got a block on Russ, and I was sitting here just like, because the, the, the ball went out of bounds. It was a dead ball. Um, I was The Suns had the ball, though. Um, and I was like, I'm just waiting for him to catch the ball and turn it over. Because he always he does something really good defensively and then ends up ruining it on the offensive end. <laughs> but nah, he's he played really good. Um Russ played out of his mind though, knocking down shots, playing amazing defense. Um it's gonna it's gonna be really I think it's going seven now. Uh especially after watching that game yesterday. Uh unless Chess the Suns match. figured something out. It's gonna like the you know, you know Tyler is gonna come with a big adjustment. And it's gonna probably thump the Suns a little bit, but they're gonna have to adjust right back. Um, but I think that that's gonna be small ball, like I said earlier. Small ball and or zones. Did they, they were you doing zone? They went they two, were. in the first half. I think that But the Suns kinda ate it up ate it up. Yeah, I think it was more so how they were operating in the zone because it was a little bit different than their zone during the year. They were more matchy and they were a lot wider. And Suns were just getting in the middle. Like they were literally like feasting on easy, like paint touch play. If we have space, we're going to make it hat. Like we got guys that could score in the second level. So force us there. Like um, I do think small ball is coming and it's going to turn into a small ball battle. And I'm very excited for that. Uh, so before we wrap up, we got three games tonight. Um, we got first the uh, Lakers Grizzlies. Um, secondly the Miami Heat and Milwaukee Bucks, and last Minnesota Denver. Um, just quick touches on each series. I think that the Lakers Grizz is going to be 
whoever, honestly, like, I think it's going to be simply whoever rebounds. Even with the injuries, um, I think that they're going to be able to, anyone's going to be able to win a game any given night just with the ability to rebound. And rebounding has been a key part of the playoff so far. And I think that this series is kind of just amped up a little bit more than the other ones. Uh, what about you for this one? Yeah, no, that and transition defense. Um, both teams went on their runs getting out in transition because both teams kind of game one, they they really controlled the half court defensively at least. Um, blocking shots. Uh, that had to be the most blocked shots I've ever seen in a game. There's a lot. There was a it ton of blocks. There was a ton of blocks. Because that, that, AD had like five or six, and Jaron Jackson Jaren had... Jackson had the same. Four, five, yeah. Like, yeah. And then LeBron had a few chase downs. Um, but, uh... Hey, shout out Austin Reeves for the pod. <laughs> Man was a buck in the fourth. He bro. won them that game. Yes, he won, he won did. that game without Austin Reeves. Um, But... Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, just focusing on transition defense, limiting transition opportunities for the other teams, going to give you an upper hand in the series, and then rebounding too. Um, I think both teams are confident in their defense. The Grizz could still win a game or two without jaw playing. I think they uh, win tonight. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Um. But I, you can't sleep on Trey Jones or Tyus. Tyus, my bad. Same, same person. Um, Tyus is the best backup in the league, point guard. Trey's second. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can't sleep on them. Uh, sleep on him, and he's gonna create a lot of opportunities for Desmond Bain for Jaron Jackson, who's been playing out of his mind. He was. Honestly, he was the best player in that game, um, most impactful player in that game. And, uh, I mean, it's tough what What's happened tonight? to Jeff. I think the Lakers win. Oh. So I think they take advantage of this. Um, I do think the Grizzlies bounce back tonight, uh, and I think that they're going to do it pretty convincingly, not going to lie, because Lakers don't win game one without Rui Hachimura having the game of his life. And they did a great job on LeBron. I think everything was hard for Anthony Davis. And if Austin Reeves is the reason you lose a game, I think you just tip your cap to the guy. Like, that's a that's not – you did everything you could. You took away what, like, they go to. Um, So I think that they'll be fine today. I um, forgot Rui had, like, 77 points. Yeah, I know. Um, let's go to the next one. We got Heat Bucks. What we thinking? How we feeling? In other series where tough injury, um, kind of changed the changed. I think Giannis plays. Like I don't. I think, think he's gonna play. Yeah, you can't. You can't risk going down O two. Um, I don't even think it's that. I think he's just good to go. Like he, yes, it was. I thought he'd come contusion. back. I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, he couldn't walk. Was like the report. They're not, they're not scared of Miami. That's why. You lost home court though. Like that's tough against anyone. Like especially this year. Hey, but even even with Giannis on the floor, Miami was looking really good. Uh, I felt like 
with Giannis, they probably would have came back and won that game. It would have been a lot closer in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Miami's been playing really good basketball. If they could keep the shooting consistency up, um, it's tough. I know. I'm not, I'm not 60% saying sixty percent again. Three. I'm not saying sixty percent. If you could keep it above forty five, you're you're winning. You have a good shot at winning the series. Um, your defense was you mucked it up. Use that term again on the put defensive the end game one. Put, put the bucks in the mud. That's what that's what Miami has to do though. I texted you during that game. I was like, Miami really just they're doing what they have to do. They have to make this game ugly. Um, that's the Bucks don't want that. Uh, and Bucks want to make it ugly in their own way, where they're funneling yeah. to Brooke and forcing you into the paint, and then also recovering out, taking you out of threes. Like they do it in a lot cleaner fashion. Uh, Miami's a lot about getting down and dirty, pressuring, frantic. And then we got to shout out Jimmy Butler. Uh, even in yeah, the play-in, game. play-in games, game one, uh, man has been on a tear. Uh, he looks like an all-NBA player in which he is. He's probably one of the most – dude, we both agreed. We both agreed in our all-NBA pod. Uh, but he uh, just dominant. Both ends, get into his spots, getting his teammates involved. A masterful performance in game one. Uh, and I think that he's going to present a lot of challenges for the Bucks going into game two. Um, I do think the Bucks win tonight, defend home court with or without Giannis. Uh, Chris Middleton had 30. Uh, Drew Holiday had a double-double with like 16 assists. Uh, Bobby Portis was tremendous. I think Brooke Lopez, though, is going to be the defining factor tonight. Uh, he wasn't as involved offensively, but I think without Giannis uh, from the jump, if that's the case, he's going to be a lot more involved, and he's a huge mismatch for the Heat. He's a massive body, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, who you got? I think I, I think that the Bucks do tie it up tonight. Um, but I think that it's going to be between Kevin Love and Brooke. Playoff Love. <laughs> I think that playoff Kev, um, I think that his impact kind of won them that game. It was like huge. taking charges, uh, getting the rebound, pushing the ball up the floor. It was like, and then knocking down open threes. Um, that's like, if he could provide that similar impact, you know what Jimmy's going to do. I mean, you don't know what Bam's going to do, but Bam looked great in the second half. He's second got, half he's got to step up phenomenal. though. He's got to step up offensively, him and... Uh, Who starts? Struce. Struce, uh, Struce usually starts, right? No, no, no. Instead of Tyler. Struce usually starts. Oh, yeah. probably Martin. You're saying Martin? Okay. That's where my he mind's going. I, liked, I really liked uh, Kyle Lowry off the bench. He's been great off the bench. I love it. Um, A lot of people are pushing for Oladipo, and... I think in theory it sounds too great. Small. It sounds oh he's been an awesome defender from like all season long. I just think I just don't know how Bucks. I feel You're about too it. Small. Too um, small against the Bucks. You need a bigger physical and Martin. I think I agree game. with Martin. I agree. I think that that's he, the right move. He he look he he channeled his inner Tory Craig in game one. He's that guy. He's that same prototype player. Like they do the same he stuff. Is. Uh, and then lastly, we got Minnesota Denver. Um, I think Denver uh, just dominates again. Um, that was yeah, a full team effort. Like, I think the thing for Denver was that their bench looked good. 
like mm-hmm. Jeff. That's Jeff the thing. Green. If you if you could keep that up, you're they sweeping win. them and you're winning the West. If your bench keeps it up, <laughs> those three guys played sensational. Uh, even with Aaron Gordon in foul trouble from very early in that game, uh, Jeff Green, Christian Braun, and Sterling Brown uh, found a way to be impactful, even if the numbers didn't look like Bruce it. Brown. Uh, Bruce, what that? Did I say Sterling? Oh, Bruce Brown. I was like, that didn't sound right. <laughs> Bruce, Brown. Bruce Brown. My bad. He was the he was the best one too. Um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> I think. If you if you could keep it even or very slightly lose the non Jokic minutes, that like you're by by far the best team. You're up. That's what those three those three were like plus seventeen. Yeah, if you well they play a lot with Jokic, but it was a lot of non. Well, Jokic only played twenty some minutes, like twenty seven, because they kind of cooked. They got up. I know. I know. But I think I think that the I think the Timberwolves make it more of a game this time. I don't think that they let they just sit back and let them do it to them again. But I still think that the Nuggets come out and assert their dominance. Like they're they'll have a seven to ten point lead most of the game. I think that is going to be in control of the Nuggets. But I think I don't think that the Timberwolves are going to just sit back. Attack Jokic more in the pick and roll, too. So I think that that's it from the Just Hoops podcast today. Uh, playoffs have been awesome. I think that that's more than evident by the length of this podcast and how excited we got diving into each series. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Huh? It was only 50 minutes. It's a normal pod. Oh, yeah, it is. I just, I thought in my mind, I was like, we started at seven. Like, that's where my mind was thinking. Technology, man. Yeah. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to check us out Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and on YouTube for all of the content. Uh, This Friday's video will have to do with either the Heat Buck series or the Denver, Minnesota series. So stay tuned. Uh, Check out our previous stuff for game one breakdowns and previews to the playoffs. And then also their scouting reports on the way with the draft upcoming. So until next time, peace.